Section 5 of The Fair Maid of Perth or St. Valentine's Day. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Fair Maid of Perth or St. Valentine's Day by Sir Walter Scott. Chapter 3 whence cometh smith be he knight lord or squire but from the smith that forged in the fire for stegan the armourer's heart swelled big with various and contending sensations so that it seemed as if it would burst the leathern doublet under which it was shrouded he arose turned away his head and extended his hand towards the glover while he averted his face as if desirous that his emotion should not be read upon his countenance nay hang me if i bid you farewell man said simon striking the flat of his hand against that which the armourer expanded towards him i will shake no hands with you for an hour to come at least tarry but a moment man and i will explain all this and surely a few drops of blood from a scratch and a few silly words from a foolish wench's lips are not to part father and son when they have been so long without meeting stay then man if ever you would wish for a father's blessing and st valentine's whose blessed eve this chances to be the glover was soon heard loudly summoning dorothy and after some clanking of keys and trampling up and down stairs dorothy appeared bearing three large rummer cups of green glass which were then esteemed a great and precious curiosity and the glover followed with a huge bottle equal at least to three quarts of these degenerate days here is a cup of wine henry older by half than i am myself my father had it in a gift from stout old crab the flemish engineer who defended perth so stoutly in the minority of david the second we glovers could always do something in war though our connection with it was less than yours who work in steel and iron and my father had pleased old crab some other day i will tell you how and also how long these bottles were concealed underground to save them from the reeving southron so i will empty a cup to the soul's health of my honoured father may his sins be forgiven him dorothy thou shalt drink this pledge and then be gone to thy cockloft i know thine ears are itching girl but i have that to say which no one must hear save henry smith the son of mine adoption dorothy did not venture to remonstrate but taking off her glass or rather her goblet with good courage retired to her sleeping apartment according to her master's commands the two friends were left alone it grieves me friend henry said simon filling at the same time his own glass and his guests it grieves me from my soul that my daughter retains this silly humour but also methinks thou mightest mend it why wouldst thou come hither clattering with thy sword and dagger when the girl is so silly that she cannot bear the sight of these dost thou not remember that thou hadst a sort of quarrel with her even before thy last departure from perth because thou wouldst not go like other honest quiet burghers but must be ever armed like one of the rascally jackmen that wait on the nobility sure it is time enough for decent burgesses to arm at the tolling of the common bell which calls us out boden in effort of war 
why my good father that was not my fault but i had no sooner quitted my nag than i run hither to tell you of my return thinking if it were your will to permit me that i would get your advice about being mistress catherine's valentine for the year and then i heard from mrs dorothy that you were gone to hear mass at the black friars so i thought i would follow thither partly to hear the same mass with you and partly our lady and saint valentine forgive me to look upon one who thinks little enough of me and as you entered the church methought i saw two or three dangerous-looking men holding counsel together and gazing at you and at her and in especial sir john remorny whom i knew well enough for all his disguise and the velvet patch over his eye and his cloak so like a serving-man's so methought father simon that as you were old and yonder slip of a highlander something too young to do battle i would even walk quietly after you not doubting with the tools i had about me to bring any one to reason that might disturb you in your way home you know that you yourself discovered me and drew me into the house whether i would or no otherwise i promise you i would not have seen your daughter till i had donned the new jerkin which was made at berwick after the latest cut nor would i have appeared before her with these weapons which she dislikes so much although to say truth so many are at deadly feud with me for one unhappy chance or another that it is as needful for me as for any man in scotland to go by night with weapons about me the silly wench never thinks of that said simon glover she never had sense to consider that in our dear native land of scotland every man deems it his privilege and duty to avenge his own wrong but harry my boy thou art to blame for taking her talk so much to heart i have seen thee bold enough with other wenches wherefore so still and tongue-tied with her because she is something different from other maidens father glover because she is not only more beautiful but wiser higher holier and seems to me as if she were made of better clay than we that approach her i can hold my head high enough with the rest of the lasses round the maypole but somehow when i approach catherine i feel myself an earthy coarse ferocious creature scarce worthy to look on her much less to contradict the precepts which she expounds to me you are an imprudent merchant harry smith replied simon and rate too high the goods you wish to purchase catherine is a good girl and my daughter but if you make her a conceited ape by your bashfulness and your flattery neither you nor i will see our wishes accomplished i often fear it my good father said the smith for i feel how little i am deserving of catherine feel a thread's end said the glover feel for me friend smith for catherine and me think how the poor thing is beset from morning to night and by what sort of persons even though windows be down and doors shut we were accosted to-day by one too powerful to be named ay and he showed his displeasure openly because i would not permit him to gallant my daughter in the church itself when the priest was saying mass there are others scarce less reasonable i sometimes wish that catherine were some degrees less fair that she might not catch that dangerous sort of admiration or somewhat less holy that she might sit down like an honest woman contented with stout henry smith who could protect his wife against every sprig of chivalry in the court of scotland 
"'And if I did not,' said Henry, thrusting out a hand and arm which might have belonged to a giant for bone and muscle, "'I would I may never bring hammer upon anvil again. "'Ay, and it were come by that length, my fair Catherine should see that there is no harm in a man having the trick of defence.' but I believe she thinks the whole world is one great minster church, and that all who live in it should behave as if they were at an eternal mass. Nay, in truth, said her father, she has strange influence over those who approach her. The highland lad, Conachar, with whom I have been troubled for these two or three years, although you may see he has the natural spirit of his people, obeys the least sign which Catherine makes him, and, indeed, will hardly be ruled by any one else in the house— she takes much pains with him to bring him from his rude highland habits here harry smith became uneasy in his chair lifted the flagon set it down and at length exclaimed the devil take the young highland whelp and his whole kindred what has catherine to do to instruct such a fellow as he he will be just like the wolf cub that i was fool enough to train to the offices of a dog and every one thought him reclaimed till in an ill hour i went to walk on the hill of moncrief when he broke loose on the laird's flock and made a havoc that i might well have rued had the laird not wanted a harness at the time and i marvel that you being a sensible man father glover will keep this highland young fellow a likely one i promise you so nigh to catherine as if there were no other than your daughter to serve him for a schoolmistress fie my son fie now you are jealous said simon of a poor young fellow who to tell you the truth resides here because he may not so well live on the other side of the hill ay ay father simon retorted the smith who had all the narrow-minded feelings of the burghers of his time, and it were not, for fear of offence, I would say that you have even too much packing and peeling with yonder loons out of Berg. I must get my deer hides, buckskins, kidskins, and so forth, somewhere, my good Harry, and Highlandmen give good bargains. They can afford them, replied Henry dryly, for they sell nothing but stolen gear." well well be that as it may it is not my business where they get the bestials so i get the hides but as i was saying there are certain considerations why i am willing to oblige the father of this young man by keeping him here and he is but half a highlander neither and wants a thought of the dour spirit of a gloon ami after all i have seldom seen him so fierce as he showed himself but now you could not unless he had killed his man replied the smith in the same dry tone nevertheless if you wish it harry i'll set all other respects aside and send the landlooper to seek other quarters to-morrow morning nay father said the smith you cannot suppose that harry gow cares the value of a smithy dander for such a cub as yonder catamountain i care little i promise you though all his clan were coming down the shoe-gate with slogan crying and pipes playing i would find fifty blades and bucklers would send him back faster than they came but to speak truth though it is a fool speech too i care not to see the fellow so much with catherine remember father glover your trade keeps your eyes and hands close employed and must have your heedful care even if this lazy lordane wrought at it which you know yourself he seldom does and that is true said simon he cuts all his gloves out for the right hand and never could finish a pair in his life 
no doubt his notions of skin-cutting are rather different said henry but with your leave father i would only say that work he or be he idle he has no bleared eyes no hands seared with the hot iron and whelked by the use of the forehammer no hair rusted in the smoke and singed in the furnace like the hide of a badger rather than what is fit to be covered with a christian bonnet now let catherine be as good a wench as ever lived and i will uphold her to be the best in perth yet she must see and know that these things make a difference betwixt man and man and that the difference is not in my favour here is to thee with all my heart son harry said the old man filling a brimmer to his companion and another to himself i see that good smith as thou art thou canst not the metal that women are made of thou must be bold henry and bear thyself not as if thou wert going to the gallows lee but like a gay young fellow who knows his own worth and will not be slighted by the best grandchild eve ever had catherine is a woman like her mother and thou thinkest foolishly to suppose they are all set on what pleases the eye their ear must be pleased too man they must know that he whom they favor is bold and buxom and might have the love of twenty though he is suing for theirs believe an old man women walk more by what others think than by what they think themselves and when she asks for the boldest man in perth whom can she hear named but harry burn the wind the best armorer that ever fashioned weapon on anvil why harry smith again the tightest dancer at the maypole why the lusty smith the gayest trawler of ballads why who but harry gow the best wrestler sword and buckler player the king of the weapon showing the breaker of mad horses the tamer of wild highlandmen evermore it is thee thee no one but thee and shall catherine prefer yonder slip of a highland boy to thee pshaw she might as well make a steel gauntlet out of kid's leather i tell thee conachar is nothing to her but so far as she would fain prevent the devil having his due of him as of other highlandmen god bless her poor thing she would bring all mankind to better thoughts if she could in which she will fail to a certainty said the smith who as the reader may have noticed had no good will to the highland race i will wager on old nick of whom i should know something he being indeed a worker in the same element with myself against catherine on that debate the devil will have the tartan that is sure enough ay but catherine replied the glover hath a second thou knowest little of father clement has taken the young reaver in hand and he fears a hundred devils as little as i do a flock of geese father clement said the smith you are always making some new saint in this godly city of st johnston pray who for a devil's drubber may he be one of your hermits that is trained for the work like a wrestler for the ring and brings himself to trim by fasting and penance is he not no that is the marvel of it said simon father clement eats drinks and lives much like other folks all the rules of the church nevertheless strictly observed oh i comprehend a buxom priest that thinks more of good living than of good life tipples a can on fasterns eve to enable him to face lent has a pleasant in principio and confesses all the prettiest women about the town 
you are on the bow hand still smith i tell you my daughter and i could nose out either a fasting hypocrite or a full one but father clement is neither the one nor the other but what is he then in heaven's name one who is either greatly better than half his brethren of st johnston put together or so much worse than the worst of them that it is sin and shame that he is suffered to abide in the country methinks it were easy to tell whether he be the one or the other said the smith content you my friend said simon with knowing that if you judge father clement by what you see him do and hear him say you will think of him as the best and kindest man in the world with a comfort for every man's grief a counsel for every man's difficulty the rich man's surest guide and the poor man's best friend but if you listen to what the dominicans say of him he is benedictite here the glover crossed himself on brow and bosom a foul heretic who ought by means of earthly flames to be sent to those which burn eternally the smith also crossed himself and exclaimed saint mary father simon and do you who are so good and prudent that you have been called the wise glover of perth let your daughter attend the ministry of one who the saints preserve us may be in league with the foul fiend himself why was it not a priest who raised the devil in the meal venal when hodge jackson's house was blown down in the great wind did not the devil appear in the midst of the tay dressed in a priest's scapular gambolling like a pillock amongst the waves the morning when our stately bridge was swept away i cannot tell whether he did or no said the glover i only know i saw him not as to catherine she cannot be said to use father clement's ministry seeing her confessor is old father francis the dominican from whom she had her shrift to-day but women will sometimes be wilful and sure enough she consults with father clement more than i could wish and yet when i have spoken with him myself i have thought him so good and holy a man that i could have trusted my own salvation with him there are bad reports of him among the dominicans that is certain but what have we laymen to do with such things my son let us pay mother church her dues give our alms confess and do our penances duly and the saints will bear us out ay truly and they will have consideration said the smith for any rash and unhappy blow that a man may deal in a fight when his party was on defence and standing up to him and that's the only creed a man can live upon in scotland let your daughter think what she pleases marry a man must know his fence or have a short lease of his life in any place where blows are going so rife five nobles to our altar have cleared me for the best man i ever had misfortune with let us finish our flask then said the old glover for i reckon the dominican tower is tolling midnight and hark thee son henry be at the lattice window on our east gable by the very peep of dawn and make me aware thou art come by whistling the smith's call gently i will contrive that catherine shall look out at the window and thus thou wilt have all the privileges of being a gallant valentine through the rest of the year which if thou canst not use to thine own advantage i shall be led to think that for all thou beest covered with the lion's hide nature has left on thee the long ears of the ass amen father said the armourer a hearty good-night to you and god's blessing on your roof-tree and those whom it covers you shall hear the smith's call sound by cock-crowing i warrant i put sir chanticleer to shame 
so saying he took his leave and though completely undaunted moved through the deserted streets like one upon his guard to his own dwelling which was situated in the mill wind at the western end of perth end of section five